New York City, the year 2000. The most wasteful society in the history of the galaxy, and it was running out of places to empty its never-ending output of garbage. The landfills were full. New Jersey was full. And so, under cover of darkness, the city put its garbage out to sea on the world's largest barge. The repulsive barge circled the oceans for 50 years, but no country would accept it. Not even that really filthy one. You know the one I mean. Finally, in 2052, the city used its mob connections to obtain a rocket and launch the garbage into outer space. Some experts claim the ball might return to Earth someday, but their concerns were dismissed as depressing. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Hello and welcome to Two Bad Neighbors in the 31st Century, a Simpsons podcast that turned into a Futurama podcast hosted by a robot man and his immortal friend. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Gregbot, 1.7. Wow, I'm Alan. (laughs) You're not going to ask about the upgrade? Nope. (laughs) I can see the upgrade and I don't like it. I got rid of the roller skates and put them somewhere else. Yeah, on your rat, on your butt. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. You can just slide around on your butt now. Yeah, then I don't have to get up. That's true. It's That's every dream. man's That's dream. dream. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're here once again to mm-hmm. talk about Futurama. A damn a, good episode. A damn, damn good episode. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the first episode that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That I would call capital G great. Mm. I I really love this capital episode. G garbage. Uh, capital G garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like I like everything about this episode. We'll get into it. Um, but how do you want to do this first? Because we're gonna do mailbag. <laughs> yeah, this is maybe something we should have discussed before we start recording. When do we do that? Though? I don't know. I don't know anymore. The sausage is made. Online, it's in it's on patrons' record. faces. Yeah, it's it's made on record for. You know when you go to a restaurant and mm-hmm. uh, the butcher comes out to your table and makes the sausage right in front of you. Uh huh. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Benihana. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Watch, we'll make an onion mountain. That's right. An onion volcano. Um. Well, let's see. We have a few mailbags mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a corrections and onsensions. <laughs> I, <don't> <laughs> I think he means that. omissions. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> From Wyatt. In the Wizard of Oz commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Available for anyone. That's true. This we didn't release our, it yeah. on our main feed, but it was recorded, what, like three years ago? A long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. Um, uh, in the Wizard of Oz commentary, Alan did a bit about flying from Kansas to St. Louis and flight, uh, people saying we ain't in Kansas anymore. And Greg says East St. Louis is in Kansas. That is super wrong. East St. Louis is in Illinois. I think the confusion comes from the fact that Kansas City is in Missouri. Anyway, keep up the good work (laughs) in in quotes. Sincerely, a St. Louis native. Um, So this is on you, Greg. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Yeah, I still think he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I've never been to St. Louis. I've never been to Kansas City. 
Uh, I think Missouri's made up, so uh-huh. uh, none of this, none of this tracks for me. <laughs> uh, Kansas is a magical uh, land from Wizard of Oz, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's right. East St. Louis is in Kansas, and Missouri doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the correction and omission. Yes, but you're please. Still wrong. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to anyone who wants to send us a correction or admission. Uh, or omission, I should say, not admission. You're admitted. I am. Ad- I am. I will never admit. There will never be an admission of guilt. Um. All right. <laughs> we have a message from Susie. Congrats on finishing The Simpsons. Congrats on starting Futurama. Just one question: Is Greg Bot a robot based on Greg, or is he like a brain in a robot body? Well, this is a great question for my creator, Alan. Huh? <laughs> Wait, I created you? Yes, and I'm I not, forgot this about our. Well, I'm canon. not sure if I am still like if there's part of the original Greg still in me, mm. or if you excised that and have just programmed me. Right, I see what you're saying. Um, I believe again. I'm I'm very old, and you know how people are like, man, I can't remember what I did in 2019. Yeah, that's how I feel about every year. Okay. Of my life. Yeah. You know? Fair enough. So uh, I don't remember specifically, but my recollection is I did actually use your actual brain mm-hmm. and insert it into a robot body, a la the Treehouse of Horror episode with Homer Simpson. But this was, as you say, a long time ago yes. that you did this. Yes. So there's been several upgrades since then. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I, I haven't been in charge of the upgrades. Right. You've been upgrading yourself. That's, that's what I programmed you to do. That's right. So the answer is the brain's no longer there. Oh. <laughs> then. Because you've removed it? I must have at some we'll point. We'll open your skull up right now. There check. you go. Is it there? <laughs> ah. <laughs> there's rats. <laughs> well, there's your answer. Yeah. Ah, they're <laughs> jumping on me. Get off. Guess that's they your answer. They all have the letter G on them. Hmm. Yeah. That's, are they all... Was, wait, was your brain just a bundle of rats <laughs> with the letter G on them to uh, represent Greg? Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, put the rats back in. Put the rats back in. Oh, oh, there we go. That's better. <laughs> I hope that answers their question. I think it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was a, uh, a postscript. P.S. Do you enjoy the tubes? Do I enjoy the tubes? Oh, <laughs> we have a little prankster, uh, audio prankster coming in and making fart sounds. <laughs> I did. It's true. I asked her to do that. Thank you, my love. Weird. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, it just says, P.S. Do you enjoy the tubes? Yes. So I don't know what that means. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know what I think means. they're a great way to get around. Oh, like the in Futurum? Is it? Okay. Hey, when it, when a question is open ended like that, you take it however I guess you want you're it right. to. You're right. Yeah, it's one of those um, wonderful laws of improv, <laughs> which apparently I've still programmed into my brain. I mean, that's smart. I should probably lose that actually, and replace it with like math or something. Yeah, good thinking. Uh huh. I'll get on that. All right. Uh, we have a we have a blah 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 message. <laughs> uh huh. I don't know why I'm in charge of this. I'm clearly not good I at it. I can do the next one if you want. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, from Lane. We have a, a message from Lane. This is a very nice message. Uh, hey, Greg and Alan. Um, I just want you to know 
that you guys have had a very positive impact on my life. Uh, and I just want to thank you guys for being there when it's felt like a lot of people haven't. Um, and uh, I'm just a little nervous given my poor grammar and tendency to be filled, be filled with anxiety, uh, which I think we can all relate to. Um, very short message, but uh, I did I did uh, message him back uh, personally, and I just wanted to read it here as well and just say no problem. And thank you for the message. It's very nice, and it's nice to hear we have positive impact on people, even if it's um, you know through the the world wide web, as it were. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know we've we've actually gotten a, a decent amount of people who have said similar kind of things of just like the podcast has got them through tough times or you know things like that and that's that's always appreciative to hear um we obviously do this uh mostly for ourselves <laughs> as we're very greedy people and we enjoy doing it mm-hmm. right but it's 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 a it's a nice kind of like um what's the word uh um What's that thing? It's like something that's not expected but happens anyway. What's that called? Validation? No. <laughs> well, that tells me a lot about you. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck. I hate when my brain does this. I don't I'm... expect validation, but okay. I'm lucky enough to receive it. Yeah. Well, great. <laughs> um a uh um uh, collateral keep going i guess <laughs> collateral not damage collateral goodness collateral beauty collateral be- thank you yes <laughs> yes collateral beauty is definitely what i was looking for <laughs> it absolutely wasn't but it's going to be what i use now there's a shortcut. We're always that's happy a, that's to a have a shortcut word. Yeah, yeah, we're always happy to have collateral beauty uh, to the thing that things that we do. Yeah. Um. So thank you, Lane, and thank you, everyone who has sent some more messages over the years. Uh, it's nice to hear. Um, we have one more. Okay. Um, I can read this if you like. Go for it. Uh, dear Alan and Greg, hi. My name is Matthew, but you can call me Guy Who Wrote a Multi-Paragraph Review of Seth MacFarlane's The Cleveland Show. Um, due to I bet, uh, due to a bet I made to someone about watching and had the opposite of fun while watching, so I wrote about why I hated it for a relatively long time, despite the multiple David Lynch cameos actually voiced by David Lynch. Uh, yes, that really happened. The show is weird anyway. <laughs> Cleveland Show's tangent aside, I've been a relatively long-time fan of your podcast since the Real Jim's episode, Common Response, but I thought I'd still share it anyways, and I've really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about classic Simpsons episodes I've loved. Didn't watch as aired, but I binged the entirety of the golden years on Disney Plus early COVID. Wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's something that was really nice for early COVID. You could just like uh, bang out a few of those without even thinking about it. Um, and to hear you guys talk about the episodes from season 9 to 10 that I've only seen recently for the first time, with you guys now heading on to Futurama, which I'm not very familiar with, I'm excited to discover a show not 
a lot about uh, I know not a lot about on in comparison to the Golden Age Simpsons and I wish you both luck with covering a brand new show and with getting through the rest of the pandemic despite Alan already dealing with one back in the Spanish flu days. God damn it. Bye-bye for now and I hope you reading this has spread my knowledge that David Lynch was a recurring character on a Seth MacFarlane cartoon to someone else as I don't really know why it happened and I don't really know why more people aren't talking about it. It's really weird to me. Keep watching the skis. Um, thank you, Matthew. It's insane that David Lynch is a... I didn't know he a, was on I the Cleveland show. I didn't either. Um, then again, there were... It's not surprising. It's not surprising. It's really not. Honestly, it's one of those things where it's like... Nothing he does surprises me yeah. because it's all surprising. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like he didn't make a movie between Inland Empire and Twin Peaks The Return. He didn't make a single movie. Right. He made like a short film, maybe here and there, yeah. but like not a narrative. He never made a narrative. He 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 was narrativeless for 11 years. Wasn't Inland Empire like 2007? Exactly, yeah. 2006. And 2006, then yeah. and then the return comes out in 2017. So he's just for doing 10 years, stuff he's just like on the Cleveland show, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and painting and doing his industrial music or whatever. I mean, good for him, man. Good for him, absolutely. And then he comes out and makes one of the greatest seasons of television of all time, and then he's gone again. Right, the Cleveland show season 1. Absolutely. Um <laughs> of which I'm sure he has like a writing credit. Yeah, he's, in, I yeah. think he's executive producer. Yeah, <laughs> showrunner of yeah. Cleveland Show season one. That's right. That's why it had a steep drop off in season two. <laughs> he had a falling out with McFarlane. Yeah. Well, they wanted to reveal who killed Lois. So, yeah. And he didn't want to. <laughs> Once the mystery was gone, he was gone. Yeah. He was like, ah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested. I'm not into it. Uh, <laughs> Turns I, out the mystery. And who did it was only the beginning. Mm. 25 years later, the return. It'll happen again. The Cleveland show. <laughs> <laughs> the return. If in 25 years, the, Cle- the Cleveland show, The Return, happens, and it's all by David Lynch, yeah. I'd watch it. I'd watch the hell out of it. <laughs> Sounds great. Because it means in 25 years, David Lynch is still alive. That's, that'd be crazy. Which is great. How old is he? Like 70-something? He's old. All right. <laughs> yeah. I truly think, uh, I don't know, because he does technically have a new movie in development, um, but I I do think that The Return is a great swan song. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, this isn't a Twin Peaks podcast. 75 years um, old. Speaking of what this, what um, our friend Matt was he's got, talking he's got about. he years left. Um, how did you personally handle the Spanish flu? Uh, well, I, I mean, I hate to, I hate to reveal this here, but I was patient zero. What? (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's not something I like to talk about because like, there's a lot of negative stigma against Uh it, you know? Were you asymptomatic? Was that like? Yeah. Oh no. So, so it wasn't really discovered until it was too late. I've already spread it to many of my countrymen. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then they were like, where did this come from? And they did some digging and they realized it was me. Um, and that's part of the reason why I barricaded myself in that cave for uh, a couple hundred years. A couple hundred years? <laughs> when was the Spanish? 1918. Whoops. <laughs> I understand that time can feel pretty, yeah, I, pretty I, loose when like you're a in a cave. It felt like a couple hundred years, yeah. 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 <laughs> but wait, they brought you out. 
when did they bring you out? Like 1980 something? 1985. 1985 they brought you out? Or you brought yourself out? I, yeah, I kind I kind of decided. Enough time had passed. I was like, yeah, it's probably been a couple hundred years. Right. Right. <laughs> Turns out it was only like 60 60 or whatever. You missed a lot in the interview yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Beatles. Right. Sure. Cuz I wasn't there. You kind of missed the I wave. Missed, I missed <laughs> You missed Beatlemania. I missed Beatlemania. What can I say? <laughs> by um, that time, Ringo was already like <laughs> like starring in movies by himself. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, who's, who's this, this weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> you're more of a Harrison fan. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Like yeah. you, you like the all things one. must yeah. pass, but you're not really into the <laughs> into the Beatles catalog. <laughs> I like the monkeys. What can I say? Right, you like the monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't, I know they didn't purport su- to be more yeah. than what they were. You're you know? a sucker they just for merch fun. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I got all the merch. Yeah, all the monkeys merch. Um, well, Greg, <laughs> we should talk more about your past every once in a while. If you want to learn more about Alan's past, send us an email. Yeah, ask me questions. Yeah, because that's the easiest way to find out about people is yeah. to ask them questions. Ask questions about Alan's very long past <laughs> anything you want to know about i assume you're an open book at this point i mean the cat's out of the bag you know yeah. everyone knows now so yeah. yeah i mean ask me anything yeah. ama yeah. yeah and you can do so by emailing us as all of these folks have at the hammock district on third at gmail.com numerical three and we will answer it unless of course it exposes state secrets yeah, I mean, there is a line, but I don't want to say what that line is sure, because okay. that will, you know, State cause secrets. people to dig even right. deeper. Sure. So, yeah. So try and find the line. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to go even a little bit further with this. Okay. Uh, not with the joke, but an actual um, w- with an actual thing that I would like to possibly encourage our uh, users and, sorry, listeners to, uh, to do. We've asked it. We, we've had a lot of people in the past ask us if they could come on the show and uh, be a guest. And it's tough for us to do that. It's tough for us to coordinate. And I especially don't like using Zoom yeah. um, to, to do these things. But we do love it when you send us uh, these emails and these messages. So if you want your voice on the podcast, hmm. if you feel like that's something that you're comfortable with, I would encourage you to send us an email containing a voice memo that yeah. you record on your phone. Yeah, we don't have a hotline or anything. Yeah. So it'd have to be via email, but this is the easiest way for us to do this. That way we that way we this is an email address that we check all the time yep. and we we read everything. And so if you want your voice to be heard on the podcast, because you know, audio medium, and you want us to not especially me, to stop stumbling <laughs> over the the emails that you write. Yeah, or butcher your name. Or butcher or, your name yeah. or anything like that. This is a great way to do that. So send us your thoughts, questions, opinions on upcoming episodes via voicemail. We'll uh, voice I would, I would message. Like say, I, just as an addendum, I would say questions. I think questions is the best way I do too. to uh, get us to, A, want to air them and also yeah. have something to respond to so yeah. you know if obviously as we've said many times appreciate every email mm-hmm. but when it's just like hey i like the show mm-hmm. and here's why like we love it that feeds our ego like don't stop that but if you want to have uh, a, a more likelihood of getting your voice aired on the show uh uh you can tell us a little about yourself but then give us a question give, give us, us a question give us a question so that we can respond to it um and that'll that'll uh, that'll be fun for us also. Yeah, and we're putting this out there. 
if you like it, we'll do it. Yeah. If nobody does it, then we'll know you're not into it. <laughs> and and that's also fine. Yeah. Um, we'll either get a flood of emails with voices or yeah. we'll get zero. There's no middle ground. Um, that's right. And so <laughs> that'll tell us everything's a binary. Um, it's either going to be the best idea we've ever had or the worst one. Yep. There is no middle ground. Only a Sith anymore. deals in absolutes, as we all know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> Yeah. Can you believe that made that in? Like that it into that And he says it in a in, in a way that's like a gotcha. Yeah. When in reality it's like hold on. Hold on. That's an absolute. What a Do you not understand? What a what you're lazy saying, script. What a lazy, lazy <laughs> script. Like there's a difference between intentionality behind that moment. Like like if if that was an intentional thing, draw us to it. Yeah. You know? Make Anakin have be like, listen to yourself. Yeah, make absolutely. his his retort be like, listen to yourself. That's honestly that's that's the biggest error in the whole prequel trilogy is the fact that there's this thread of the council being incompetent, the council not knowing what's going on right in their midst, but no one ever talks about it. It's yeah. so below the surface that it's like. It seems like a mistake. It's, yeah, it seems like like the, like the writer George Lucas just like didn't realize that was happening in his narrative, and and I don't I, I I think he's a smart enough guy to know that that's is what's happening, but he doesn't ever like talk about it with his characters, and it's just bizarre. It, like I, he's a smart enough guy that that's layered in there, yep. but I don't think he's a good enough director to make it a theme. Fi- yeah, to make it a, a yeah yeah yeah. Like you have to. You have to have it there. Like the whole reason why he fucking mercs uh, Mace Windu, like, should be a very, like, as an audience member, you should be like, I, even though I don't like that he did that, I understand why he did. Mm-hmm. Because in his mind, this is the problem with the Jedi Count, you know, blah, 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 blah. But instead, you're just like, why? Why'd he do that? Why'd you do that? Why, why, why he was, did, why he do? You, you were just getting mad that, like, you can't kill this guy. Because that's not that's against the Jedi way. But then you kill this guy, so that it's just inco- incongruous. Whatever. Yeah. Bad director. Bad director. <laughs> Guys, Star Wars is dumb. <laughs> There's two good ones. You know what's great? Jedi Knight. Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight for the PC. Or Jedi Knight Two Jedi, Jedi Outcast. Outcast for the PC. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those games rule. also released on Mac OS Nine. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's how I played it. I think it's also on my dad's iMac. <laughs> I think it's on consoles now. I think I have it for PS4. Oh, actually. sick! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It was on sale for like two bucks one day, and I was like, "Oh, I love of this game." Of course, and I bought it, it would be two dollars. Yeah. And then I started playing. And I'm like, "Oh, this is bad controls for the PS4." Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get far, but I, just... I mean, like the the lightsaber combat was all mouse. Yeah. Right, and so like that. That port it's tough with the, tough. with the analog, yeah. Um, but also, you don't start with a lightsaber in a Jedi Outcast. That's true. That's true. Because you're fucking rules. Because you're Kalkatarn, yeah. and you're like, I'm not a Jedi anymore. Fuck yeah. it. I'm not a Jedi anymore. Don't worry about it. I got this fucking. That's what. Oh man, like I really cannon. I still think like people should draw upon the fringe shit in the Star Wars canon to like make new shit. Mm. You know, because I do think the story of Kalkatarn is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it could be made into an interesting film. Like, don't do Kyle Katarn's story, but just that idea of someone stumbling upon a lightsaber 
and and being like they kind of do it with Finn a little bit in the mm. in the new trilogy, but not enough, obviously, because then eventually they're just like, nah, it's raised now. Um, but just the idea that someone's like, I have a, like this this Jedi weapon. I'm not a Jedi, but like it's it's basically a sword. Like I could figure out how to use. <laughs> like it's not like <laughs> like I'm a dumb dumb. I can figure out how to use it. Yeah. And then he like through that process starts to like be in, come in tuned with the force. And then like, I don't know, Kyle Katarn's cool. Cause he's just this mercenary. Who's just like, ah, my dad had a lightsaber. That's weird. And then he starts using it. And then like dark Jedi are like, Hey, get him. And he's like, wait, no, not me. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm, a Jedi. I just I'm not with this. them. I don't know how to do this. You will destroy me. Ah, uh, love that game. I remember playing, uh, like the multiplayer, yeah, uh, of it, and there was like this one map where I was just the biggest asshole. It was, um, <laughs> it there was this. It was the one map where it was like, because it was one of those games where you could fall off. Yep, the sides of things, and it pissed you right off. Mm-hmm. And one map had a lot of that shit. Yeah, and I was like, I'm just gonna stand over here with a frack cannon, shoot someone, make them bounce uh. back, and then force push them. <laughs> Like you can you you can like you, you can do whatever you want. You can block it with your lightsaber. You can block the frack cannon, but you're not going to block my force push. No, that force push is going to push you right off. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. That's <laughs> uh, actually one of my earliest memories of online multiplayer is playing Jedi Knight um, with friends with via dial up. Mm. So you'd have to like open up a fucking DOS prompt and like <laughs> connect to. IP address, like yeah. it's, it was so convoluted. Yeah. But once we figured out how to make it work, it was so fun. We'd use up the phone line, so if mm-hmm. anyone picked up the phone, it would immediately boot us from the game. Yep. Uh, but I just remember, yeah, like running around on fucking Jedi Knight. Uh, I would some, I would sometimes use the C three PO skin because it was really funny because yeah. the uh, the sounds he made uh, when he got shot or whatever. But especially the sound he made when he fell, just like you're saying. Uh, because it would be delayed. So, like, you'd fall off, and then in the background, like, just in the distance, you'd hear, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh every time. <laughs> this fucking robot just screaming because he's falling into the distance. <laughs> did you, um, did you, you, you played Outcast, right? Oh, yeah. Jedi Knight 2. Did you ever play with that cheat code where you could, when you typed it in, it made it very violent? And you so. could like literally cut limbs off. Oh, that see, that's vaguely familiar. The the yeah. limb cutting off. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so maybe <laughs> like it's it, it was like a program thing that like it was a a mod that you could add to it, and you just type it in very much like in Star Starcraft, where it's like black yeah. sheep wall. I'll take yeah, everyone yeah. on with a zergling. Right. Um, <laughs> instead of like I I never liked using um like I'm invincible cheats, yeah, but I really itself, yeah. I really liked this one because it was like yeah I want to see what an actual lightsaber would do to a stormtrooper. Yeah. And you cut their heads off. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I do remember cutting heads off. So yeah. I, I think I thought in my brain that it was just normal, <laughs> but it makes sense that it was a family friendly game. Yeah, because so. <laughs> without that, you just like see burn marks across their right. uniforms, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah, I want to Darth Maul these shits. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Star Wars can be cool. It can be. It can be fun. It can be fun. Unfortunately, most of it's not. <laughs> well, most of it's most of it is a is a is a barren wasteland. Most of it's just an it's just annoying, mostly because of. The way it's been handled, yeah, and, and breathing in the, the very air is a and, poisonous yeah, fume, and the the response to it all, yeah, is just annoying. Not with ten thousand men could you enjoy Star Wars. No, it is folly. 
It is folly. One does not simply enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> One does not simply walk into Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you have an appointment. Yeah, you could probably get an appointment. Um, we are here to talk about Futurama. Uh huh. We are here to talk. And about it has been a half hour, so <laughs> here we go. So we did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a big piece of garbage. <laughs> Eighth episode of season one. Great title. Written by Lewis Morton and directed by Susie Dieter. Remember her? I do. She was a Simpsons director as well. Yeah. Bunch um, of Simpsons references in this episode. You got it. Uh, original air date, May 11th, 1999. And this episode's all about a big piece of garbage. <laughs> yes. That's what, that's what, the, that's what the, the text of the episode is about. Mm. The, subtext the subtext of, of the episode is great. I, I, I love so, everything about... But how science is f- stupid. It's, <laughs> I, I I think like yes, it, science can be silly, but I think it's about the short sightedness of mankind. I mean, it's it's a it's a very I think uh, almost purposeful uh, similarity to the ending of Bart the Mother, mm. the Simpsons episode. How does that end again? That's when the Bolivian tree lizards are running amok, and mm-hmm. so they unleash. Uh, Pigeons or or not pigeons? No, the tree lizards eat the pigeons. Mm-hmm. Which is like great. And then when the lizards are too much, we'll unleash a bunch of snakes that will eat the lizards, and then a bunch of gorillas that feast on snake meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when winter rolls around, the gorillas will die. Uh, it's that idea of like what's what can solve this now, right? Not what will this do for their f- for the future. And that one's a bit more uh, immediate. And this one obviously is more about oh, in the year two thousand. They shot a big ball of garbage into space, and a thousand years later, they have to deal with it. And, like, and then at the end of this one, they shoot another one into space, and they're like, well, we won't have to deal with that, because that'll be for the the 41st century or whatever. Well, one of the things I really like about this episode is how they say, like, okay, we put it on a big barge, yeah, and then no one would take it. yeah, And so it came back to us. Mm-hmm. And so in the year 2052, right. we shot it into space. That is, <laughs> that has been an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's the crazy that's yeah. the funniest part to me is that like in 2022 bezos has that idea yeah absolutely like that is something that has been floated by idiot billionaires mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that'll probably happen if they have their way if you want to do that it's like maybe not garbage shot into space but like what was his idea like factories we're putting like factories like polluting factories in space right you know yeah. um one of my questions initially is like, well, why didn't you just shoot the big ball of garbage at the sun in the first place? Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, because we didn't think of that. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because <laughs> this whole this whole episode is like, yeah, it's the short-sightedness. Right, we're just dumb right? dumbs. Yeah. We're all dumb dumbs. We have, we have science and technology enough to get us into trouble. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to make more and more problems for us as we go. Do you think if we just shot all of our garbage on Earth into the sun, if that would solve everything? It would not. Okay. No, because <laughs> so much of it would get lost in our atmosphere. Yeah. Because of the... But like, what if you encase it in a, uh, like a, a, a big ball? I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to bring up like tragedy, but do you remember like the Challenger? Yeah, No. It was a. Was that um, when I was in the cave? It was yeah. Mm, it was when you just came out of the cave. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. I was still a little groggy. Yeah. Um, so this it's a, it was a space shuttle that was shot 
into it was supposed to be just an orbital uh, or orbiting space shuttle and come back down. Right. They'd done it a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. It exploded. Yeah, yeah. Exploded in the atmosphere. Killed everybody on board. I do remember. Yeah. If explosion. there's garbage on that, <laughs> you have the same problem as what they said as what Farnsworth was saying. Garbage would rain down, <laughs> killing people. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's four p.m. Oh, it's time for me to go to bed. Time, <laughs> time to shut down your power cells. That would be my um uh, my my alarm clock for going to work. Ah, if I was doing shows right now. But you're not. Yeah, got a week, a couple weeks off, got baby. A couple weeks off, baby. Yep, yep. I'm not going to change my alarm though. All right. It's important to know when four <laughs> o'clock is. Seymour, do you want me to tell you when it's seven thirty? No, mother. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? Challenger explosion. Yes. So the constant fear has been, what if that happens? Because it's the atmosphere. It's space. It's space stuff. We're not great at it. Yeah. yeah if fair. we figured out a foolproof way to do it, then probably that yeah. would be a good way to get rid of a lot of waste yeah. is just shoot it into space. That's been into floated. Specifically. Yeah, into the sun specifically. That's been floated for nuclear waste, mm. but that has an even bigger problem than yeah. man waste, like yeah. than landfill waste, like which is it's nuclear, you know. Right. And if that explodes man, in our by man waste, you mean well poops, poops and <laughs> poops and peas. <laughs> like fry, you can't just go into directly into the garbage. Yeah, you can't just do that. Um, <laughs> so like that's been the problem that's why they're like well we could bury it and it's like mm. well then you have the same problem with nuclear it seeps into the ground yeah and it poisons the earth you have to move entire towns entire towns exactly like right yeah hmm. so like it's always been a it's always been an issue and like we when when we went to the moon where it was like okay we we managed to to we we stopped exploring you know um but figuring out a safe way to send waste into space is so expensive hmm. for one and the people who have the resources to do that aren't really governments they're billionaires they're billionaires hmm. who could do that they yeah. could do it but, but that's a lot i of work. guarantee you they'll suck at it yeah that's kind of what the this is a this is a much better version of the movie Don't Look Up, which I haven't watched. It's fine. <laughs> I think it's like I think I think it's about an hour too long. Hmm. Like it should have been like a hundred or ninety minutes, but like all things on fucking Netflix, it's got to be two and a half hours. Um, yeah, it's too long. It's 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 way too long, and it all focuses on DiCaprio's character, and it never becomes Jennifer Lawrence's movie. Which like it's weird. It's really weird that. They don't do that because DiCaprio becomes very unlikable at a certain point. And I was like, this would be a good time if you're going to make a two and a half hour movie to make it Jennifer Lawrence's movie hmm. now, because we don't really actually know that much about her, except that she's a mouthpiece for a certain point of view, which like in a lot of Adam McKay angry movies, most characters are just that. Yeah. You know, which I think works super well in the big short, but... I don't think works in any of the other ones. Mm. I don't think that works in Vice, and I really don't think it works in Don't Look Up. I think The Big Short is kind of a masterpiece, though. 
Yeah, I never really cared for it. Uh, <laughs> no, more than more than fair. And I, it mostly, I hate advice. It mostly just rips on Scorsese. I, yeah, that's why I haven't even bothered with Don't Look Up because I've seen reactions that are like one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I've seen reactions that are like, "Wow, it's my favorite movie of 2021." And I'm like, "Neither yeah, of those are accurate." <laughs> well, I was like, of those. "That sounds accurate for an Adam McKay film that I probably won't like." So, it's so down the middle to me. Yeah, yeah. It's there's there's a there's a couple just make, of just make Anchorman three you coward. Thank you. <laughs> That's the movie we want. Yeah, bury the hatchet. Anchorman with Feral. two sucked, but you could make a better one. I don't especially think it, now. I don't think it sucked. I know you liked it. I liked. It I rewatched it recently, and I was like, yeah, it's bad. I liked it a lot. <laughs> we did a Cinepals on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our first podcasts. Is that when we were? It was a video. It was a video. Yeah. 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 Yeah, go find that. Good good luck <laughs> everybody. Good luck. <laughs> uh yeah. But I do think this episode is a better version of that because of Anchorman 2. Of yeah, of Anchorman <laughs> 2 and Don't Look Up. It's kind of like a fun mashup. Sure. Um mostly Don't Look Up though. In fact, entirely Don't Look Up. It's not about <laughs> Anchorman 2 at all. Um Are there any news people in it? Oh. Yes, Marbo and uh, Human Woman. Yep, that's Anchorman. <laughs> is this the first Marbo? I think so. No. Or have we seen Marbo? I think we've already? seen Marbo okay. before. Uh, it is the first Wernstrom. And um, Mayor Poopenmeyer. Poopenmeyer, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a serious issue, Mayor Poopenmeyer. <laughs> I love that that's like such a silly, like, juvenile joke. That's just like kind of brushed off, and then like that's canon now. The yep. mayor of New, New New York in Futurama is Mayor Poopenmeyer, <laughs> and no no one ever brings it up again in a, like a jokey way. I also want to point out how cheeky they are about it because he's just got a mayor placard, mm-hmm. doesn't have his name on it. That's right, because so, they're saving it for yeah. the joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wearing a, sh- a sash. That's right, which is uh, not common for mayors, as far as I know. Yeah. Do you know any mayors personally? <laughs> Not personally, but I... Well, I do. Okay. And he doesn't wear a sash. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mayor Quimby is the only one that mm. I know. Mm-hmm. So, and he always wears a sash. Mm. Anyway, a uh, big piece of garbage. A big piece of garbage. I like, I love, love, love the inventor convention or whatever it's called it's great it's so good um and it's just i mean this is this is probably our first like professor showcase episode it is yeah Yeah. and i'm so happy yeah because he's always been mostly just a utilitarian like send them on the mission and the cold open is directly related to the actual plot of the episode which is weird yeah i like it i've I, i read that uh in syndication comedy central at least like just puts at the beginning of the episode rather than as a cold open, mm-hmm. so they do the intro first. Um, but uh, I don't know. They, I, I think that only in this first season, we'll have to see as we go, but I think only in this first season do they try cold opens occasionally. Right. right. Um, it's not always. like They don't always have one, but every so often like one will pop up. And I think they kind of abandon that in, like as they go forward in season two, and it's always just the, the intro that opens it. And then she knows. Right. But uh, but I like I like the the cold opens in theory <laughs> if yeah. I remember correctly the other ones we've seen I've enjoyed um, but I also do 
love like I just love the theme song so much that I kind of I I do, I'm just like when do we get into the theme song though. It is such a banger, yeah, that it's important to get to it, and like that, yeah, that that opens it, and you're like, here we go. Um, but yeah, I love the the science convention. Um, the, the professor like <laughs> doing a death clock every year. <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me, <laughs> and the fact that he he's like. I'll have to come up with a new invention. Maybe some kind of death clock. <laughs> I, can't, I can't express how funny that is to me. <laughs> he's so obsessed with this death clock idea. Well, he's 149. He is quite old. Do you remember when you turned 149? Uh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> is that like a phase? Yeah, your 150s uh, are like pretty pretty notable. Yeah, and oh, so 149 like, is like. Is there like oh, more? I'm going to be entering my 150s soon. Hmm? Is, do you like focus on your mortality a lot? Like no, like, no, not when you're a mortal being. Oh right, but professor, the professor, professor is, is a mortal. Theoretically, being, right? as far as we know, yeah, uh, he could be immortal. That's true. I mean, we at least know that in the year 3000, uh, people have normal people mm-hmm. mortals like you mm-hmm. um well, well i'm a robot, robot but sorry i meant the i meant the, the previous, original greg yes, yeah. the original greg yes. um may he rest <laughs> oh, i didn't realize he's dead um what are you talking about of course he's dead he took his brain out but what is a person other than a brain a soul mm-hmm. but that is that attached to your brain mm, good good question because heads in the jar exist in futurama that's right and that's basically just brain. We met the inventor of, of communication. That technology. We today. did Ron Pompeo. Papel? Apparently, apparently a real person. Okay. Voiced himself in this episode, <laughs> and I had never heard of him. Yeah, I don't think some anyone kind of had some kind of journalist, probably. Because I loved the like the unenthusiastic clapping after he said his like resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all scientists. They don't give a shit. Like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I enjoy all of this opening uh, act um, with the professor and the convention, the the reverse scuba suit that Wernstrom invents, mm-hmm. um, and then <laughs> we don't really see too many other inventions except for the the little hat gyro, yeah, <laughs> that he flies with, which I think is pretty cool too. If this was The Simpsons, I think we would have seen a bunch. Yeah, I think so too, and from like characters we know. Yeah, but I think that's the thing is they haven't really fleshed out. Uh, the characters in the world as it's early much. it's early days yeah, yeah. Um, but even as the as the series goes i mean they do start to get some more recurring characters here and there but yeah. like versus the simpsons where you really start to feel like the hustle and bustle and like the the mob mentality of springfield um we don't really get uh, a clear idea of new new york because a lot of the secondary characters are from other planets or right. you know what i mean so it's like new york is kind of just where planet express is located um and its identity is so tied with new york um that it's just kind of like yeah and then there's a bunch of people who are jerks and you i know? think that's an important thing to tie the identity of the city that this takes place like that that planet express is in yeah to uh a city that has such an identity in our present time that you don't actually have to do much world building there right? because your world building is going to be focused on everything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
So that's that's probably a smart idea because you know it's really a it's really a character, the city. I fucking hate you. <laughs> but Alan, why? You know, New York City is really like a character in and of itself. Especially, it's the fifth. It's the fifth lady in Sex in the City. You know, it's the fifth Ninja Turtle, really. Yeah, truly. <laughs> New York City. Oh God, the fetishization <laughs> of New York City in so many television programs. Yeah, is and movies and movies, but TV. Woody Allen's Manhattan. Oh, heard of it? <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't. I don't like Woody Allen movies with Woody Allen in them. <laughs> I find him horrible. Yeah, my you know my biggest problem with Woody Allen movies are any of the ones that he appears in. Yeah, and any of the ones he directs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. What about the ones he writes and doesn't direct? Uh, do those exist? No. <laughs> That's how little I care about him. I was like, that's plausible. Yeah. That he wrote something and someone else directed it. Um, I mean, like, um, on record here, when I watched The Purple Rose of Cairo, I enjoyed it. I, sure. I enjoyed There's been it. a couple uh, Woody Allen films that uh, when I watched yeah. them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I see why people like, like I, I enjoyed Allen. it quite a bit, and it was because Woody Allen wasn't in it. Yeah, like, and I think Midnight in Paris is another one for yeah. me that I'm like, I, I like this movie, despite it being a Woody Allen film. And a lot of it does have to do with him not being in it. Yeah. So you can kind of separate it a, a bit more. Um, I just think he's a horrendous screen presence. I think it's just like, yeah. I will say I think I think it's 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 a thing that can work on occasion, and I think it works in Annie Hall. Uh, I, I don't. don't love that movie. No, like I don't love that movie, but I think uh, like what that movie's trying to do. I think his character works in that sense. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I but, get you. Yeah, but I feel like there's other other movies where he does the like even Manhattan. Manhattan's a movie that I remember liking, but I rewatched it uh you know later on and i was like i would like this so much better if he wasn't the lead yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. like it could be such a beautiful love story uh or like you know kind of love story it's tough to call it a love story but uh but it could be a really nice thing if the lead character wasn't a nervous like uh, creepy wreck of a human um if he had some charisma but in Annie Hall, I think that's kind of the point yeah. is that he's a nervous wreck with no charisma mm-hmm. um <laughs> I can't stand that movie. Yeah. I th- and I know it's like it's supposed to be one of the great movies, but I'm like I like ugh. parts of it. Yeah. From my but it's been so long since I've seen it. I I think if I watch it today now that I just kind of despise him as a human. Yeah, it's hard not it's, to, you know. Like you you can't you can't watch one of his movies anymore, really. You just can't. Can't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, not gonna do. It's it. not like I needed to watch Match Point again. <laughs> Is that the tennis one? That's the tennis one. <laughs> he made too many movies. Yeah. Where whatever whatever weird uh, Woody Allen fund there is in the world, send some of that my way. <laughs> I think you got to go. Giving him a movie every. I think you got to go to Europe for that, All right? Yeah. <laughs> Over there, they just don't care. Yeah. As much. <sighs> I mean, Polanski makes movies in Europe all the time. Do you think there's like a, like a, uh, I don't know if it's the right term, but like a correlation between directors that make movies often and your enjoyment of those mo- of those directors as auteurs? 
Um, okay, give me a give me a thought. Give me a give me an well, example. Well, just like I'm thinking of Woody Allen because he makes a movie every year. Um, but there's also there's some like auteur directors who make a movie every two or three years. Okay. Um, and there's there's directors that I personally love that a big reason I love them is that they they do a movie like every five or six years. Yeah. You know, I'm and it's I'm, just, it, I'm assuming it's you mean like PTA. PTA is a good example, of yeah. course. Um, I mean, uh. I know you don't like him, but Wes Anderson's another one. Um, yeah, I feel like I honestly feel like Wes Anderson makes movies so often. Maybe it's just because I'm annoyed by them. <laughs> yeah, so you just note you just you just note them more. Yeah, I um, note them, and I'm like, just please stop. Well, this like French Dispatch was this year, and yeah. the last one was Isle of Dogs, which yeah. I think was 2018, maybe even earlier. Okay, so a bunch of time. It was a, yeah. that's a chunk yeah. of time. Yeah. And I didn't watch Isle of Dogs. Uh, yeah. Because most people I know who like Wes Anderson said it's one of his weakest. And sure, I'm sure, like, yeah, I don't need to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think it does. Like, I think it like the the like, amount it's of just, like workman directors too, right? Yeah. Like, I guess if we remove the auteur bullshit from this conversation, like directors who are just like hired to make movies and they'll make a movie every year just because that's their job. Yeah. Um. Like, I wonder if that, too, is, like, another re- where it's just, like, there's less passion to it, and it's just, it is more of a job to them. I don't know. It's kind of like the difference between a Ridley Scott and a Steven Spielberg. Sure. I do think, like, Ridley Scott is maybe the best example of a workman director yeah. out there, because his movies do have a distinctive look m- most of the time, and but they also have an incredible up-and-down uh, sliding scale <laughs> or, of, of quality yeah. that's, like... That's, that that can give you whiplash yeah. from from one movie to the next, um, and like he came up with two this year. The man's nearly eighty, and like <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Slow down. Um, I know a lot of that had to do with the pandemic too, yeah. but the fact that they came out one in October and the other at the end of October. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember in, that being crazy. It's insane. I was like, oh, Last Duel, a new Ridley Scott film. That mm. should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, like, House of Gucci. Oh, who directed that? R- Ridley Scott? What is happening? <laughs> um, Adam Driver's in both of them? All right. I so, mean, like, good it, choice. it does make it a little less special, I think, when yeah. you pump them out like that. Um, for example, like, if Steven Spielberg had made, like, a movie a year since The Post... I probably wouldn't have been as stoked on West Side Story because yeah. I just ha- would have had the Spielberg aesthetic. Was that his last movie before? It was. West Side? Wow. Yeah. I would have just crazy. had this. Oh, no. It would have been Ready Player One because I think it came out. Oh, was, it, was that? Did he do both in the same year? He did both in the same year. I can't remember which one came out after each other. Either way, it's the post Ready Player One year, um, which I think was 2017. Um, I think post or I think Ready Player One was 2018. Really? Well, let's find out. Yeah, let's. Um, Here it comes. <laughs> Here comes the year. <laughs> I have to click through so many. Here things. comes Hold two. <laughs> oh God! All right. Uh, the uh, re- 2018 Ready Player One. 2017 The Post. Okay, that's... 2016 yeah. BFG, 2015 Bridge of Spies. I mean, he did one a year for a while. Yeah, yeah. For four years in a row. Bridge of Spies, BFG, Post, Ready Player One. Yeah. We're all a year after each other. Because before Bridge of Spies in 2015, it was Lincoln in 2012. Yeah. So that was a big gap for him. Yeah. And uh, then another three-year gap 
between Ready Player One and West Side Story. Again, uh, and BFG shit, is not great. Is BFG's not a bad. very good movie. It's definitely one of his weakest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It that's a that's a weird one to me. That's like, why did you do this? It feels well, it like f- it feels haven't like haven't you he, done this before? <laughs> it feels like what he did many years where he did like you know a uh, 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 kind of fun family movie and uh, like a serious war drama. Yeah. <laughs> right? And in this case, it was just Bridge of Spies and BFG, but BFG was a year later instead of the same year. Yeah. Um, Post Ready Player One, same kind of thing. Like yeah. it's more serious drama and a, a fun thing. Um, but like if he... W- Tim Tin War Horse. If he goes on a run like that War again... The Munich. Sorry, I'm just yeah. remembering all these. If he goes on a run like that again, like his... like. BFG, Bridge of Spies, Post, Ready Player One. Like, if like West Side Story leads to another four film run like that, I guess I'm lying because I got a movie coming out this year. I fucking love Spielberg. What's the movie? Tell me what it is. (laughs) It's called The Fablemans. That sounds great. I'm going to see it opening day. Semi autobiographical coming of age drama film. It's about Spielberg's dad. Holy shit. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. Uh, He doesn't. Starring Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, as his dad. Or Paul, his uncle. Da- Paul Dano. Okay. That's it. That's <laughs> well, it? I mean, there's more, but that's... Uh, is Mark notable. Rylance in it? Uh, I don't see him, but Damn. maybe. Judd Hirsch is. Judd Hirsch? <laughs> <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that. Like a nice, quiet drama? That is basically the opposite of a musical. <laughs> Film will be loosely based on Spielberg's childhood growing up in Arizona. Yep. yep. Yeah, it sounds good. He's finally making... <laughs> His movie about divorce. No, well, all his movies are kind yep. of divorce. So it's like he's got a chip on his shoulder. They're they're either about divorce or about reconciling with <laughs> right. with that divorce or making a new family from a divorce. Yeah, or about a deadbeat dad. Yes, in some way, yeah, reconnecting with a son. Yeah, <laughs> those are his wish fulfillment movies. Yeah. Ah. Uh. No. Well, it's important to have something inside you that drives you. Absolutely. You know, and uh, as far as that goes, like, that makes a lot of sense. One of, uh, you've, you've heard his, his thing on, like, uh, what, what he said about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Probably, but remind me. Recently, when he was like, well, I look back on that movie and I'm like, I would never make it the way that I did. Mm. I would never make, these days, I would never make that ending the way that I did. Right. That is the worst possible thing that I, that, that, does he um, go with the aliens? Dreyfus could have I've done. Never, he, yeah, yeah, he goes with the aliens and abandons his family. Right. <laughs> and it's like, now that he has kids, he's like, like he has kids, he's a grandfather. It's yeah, like, yeah. I would never put him on that spaceship these right, days. Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but in, back then, I, I, it feels like he's channeling, he's, he's like, this is what you did to me, Dad. Yeah. And he's trying to be like, but maybe it was for the best, yes. you know. Like, yeah. he's going with the aliens to to help build a new world, or to I don't build know, understanding. I don't know what the fuck happens in like close it's encounters. it's all about communication. That's yeah, one yeah, of the great. Yeah. That's what another thing where it's like we have to discover how to communicate with each other. Music, much like my mother and father should have done. <laughs> I love Spielberg. I no, think because I, yeah. I think that He's that great. that theme that runs through is so. It's one of the reasons why his movies are timeless and why they work is because hey, marriages fall apart and kids get hurt. Yeah, and and it sucks. And it, I think it's important to have. 
And that's a that's a really I mean really, it's important really... that it's always male figures too, right? It's like, very important that like, it's male because I think that's the other is that he's he's often like, why are men so afraid of like commitment and family and you yeah. know like it's like why why he, are we like this man he he points it out because like in all his movies he, like he obviously sees it in his father but he sees it in he sees it in his um in him in himself yeah too um and like i think there's like a big reconciliation thing that's going to happen with the fableman about that because i think I think what's what's going to happen in that movie is he realizes that once again it's not as binary as that. Yeah. It's not all on his dad like he was putting it there for most of his life. He realizes that blame can be shared. Mm-hmm. And trauma comes from everywhere, you know? Like it's not just on men to abandon their families. Yeah. And I think that's going to be what the fa- anyway I'm Tony Kushner. Of course. Co-writing. He would never, I don't think he would ever uh, trust anyone but the Kush. Uh, Is he co-writing it? He's co-writing, yeah. Of course he wouldn't trust anyone but the Kush to write with him. I'm so excited about this, Alan. (laughs) I'm glad I could break it. On air for you. You did. Thank you. I, I assumed you would. Like I was like, oh, he probably knows about the Fablemans, but no, I haven't checked his Wikipedia in a while. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun sometimes if you're like, what's this director up to that I like? Yeah, and you go, you're like, oh, he's working on a new project, and you read, like, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how like, Licorice Pizza before it was called Licorice Pizza. That's right. Like you know, for a long time, I was like, unti- untitled PTA project, and it's like it's going to be about uh, coming of age in the San Fernando Valley, and I'm like, sounds great. So like, glad he's going back to the valley, <laughs> yeah. baby. <laughs> and then it was uh oh what was it it was called like soggy bottom or something for soggy a long time. bottom yeah yeah um because that's the the brand of the waterbeds that they sell in the movie mm. um i did the classic uh um wisp- whisper to to, <laughs> to your partner <laughs> like when you're watching the movies they mentioned soggy bottoms and i was like that's what the working title was for a while you nerd <laughs> And she's like, yeah, okay. I don't know why cool. we wouldn't put up with us. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I do. I did it jokingly all throughout Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> uh-huh. See, that's funny. <laughs> Her dad's Egon. <laughs> Egon's one of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I like. That's a PKE meter. <laughs> <laughs> It's a prop that's also used in the John Carpenter film, They Live. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. We have fun. Like, instead of watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, I watched the original Ghostbusters. Good movie. Good movie. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's it's goofy and fun. It's goofy and fun. I wouldn't even call There's it There's no capital, legacy to it. I wouldn't even call it, like, great. Yeah. I would be like, this is surprisingly holds up for an 80s movie oh, yeah a well-made 80s paranormal comedy yeah and it's like cool as soon as it's over i'm like good thank you thanks murray you were a lot of fun everyone else was had a great time too i'm uh dan Aykroyd was the weakest part and we're out <laughs> <laughs> well you know like because i've often thought of, of this as well and i think this is a common thread in the ghostbusters franchise is people for the most part who didn't 
buy into the Ghostbusters like mania in the late 80s are always having the like reconciliation of like the first movie wasn't even that great like why do people hold it to such high regard and the thing you need to realize is it wasn't just the movie mm. it was a whole phenomenon mm. that took over like and and I was a kid outside of our fucking joke for now uh, <laughs> I was a kid in the late 80s uh, I'd never seen the movie but I had watched I watched the I mean, the after Saturday several decades in a show. cave, you do have the brain of a yes, child. Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's important to justify. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I watched the Saturday morning cartoon all the time, and I thought it was just a really cool. Like, I thought all the tech was really cool. Mm, and sure. then when they had the toys, where you could get like an actual ghost trap, and you could pretend that you're catching ghosts as a kid. Right. Like that's the thing that kind of caused Ghostbuster mania, as it were. Because I do remember watching the movie for the first time, and being like. I like the cartoon better. Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah. These guys are grumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and like, I think when, that's... You, when you go back and watch it as an adult, it's like, oh, that's half of the comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. These guys are idiots. Cynical. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is that smash cut when they're outside of the of the Manhattan building mm-hmm. and everyone's like, Ghostbusters, 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 smash cut to them barely being able to make it up the stairs. <laughs> yes. Like, it's so funny. It's so it's funny. Great. And I think that's also like the the people who react to Ghostbusters Afterlife in a positive way are basically the people who um <laughs> like the the weirdos like sorry but like <laughs> the weirdos who are just like like this is my franchise mm. and like you know like they they don't hold the movie to a high regard necessarily i'm sure they do also just cuz like that's the original thing that caused all of this the stuff it's the urtex but it's yeah it's all the stuff around it all the toys they had all the, the like the cartoon show and like the the ecto slime coolers you know like it was a it, like turtles like you know ninja yeah. turtles is my franchise like that where like i i can watch a, a a new ninja turtles movie and get some enjoyment out of it even if it's overall bad um but I, I do wonder, I mean, I'm just thinking of this now. I do wonder if they made like a Ghostbusters Afterlife-esque Ninja Turtles movie, if I would hold it to a higher regard than Ghostbusters Afterlife, just because I hold Turtles more close to my heart than Ghostbusters. Would you or but would I, you just I, realize I think it for I would the hate soulless it. I honestly think grab, I would hate it, like, but, but I, I just can't say for sure, you know? Like, I mean, this like Spider-Man No Way Home is another kind of good example of this kind of thing. Sure. I think that it does it in a, in a more careful and like uh, respectful way. Where it's not just reference for the sake of reference, with some minor exceptions of like you know certain like dialogue things in No Way Home are just clearly just reference for the sake of reference, and this is stuff I like the least about that movie. But I do think that using these old franchises and like and like using nostalgia as a weapon and nostalgia as a as like a, a selling point, um, I guess what I'm saying is I understand when people like really like that. Okay. But I personally don't, you yeah. know, and I and I and I feel like it can. Here's what I'll say: I think you haven't seen Scream yet, uh, as of the time of this recording. But I feel like Scream is Scream 2022 uh, is similar to Walk Hard, in the sense of like it being a nice, like ending to this kind of movie. <laughs> I know that seems weird, like a weird comparison. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox, hundred percent. Hear me out. Okay, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is when Walk Hard came out, yeah? 
there was this weird like just flooding of the market of musician biopics. Oh, it's an ending of this yes. thing. Okay. So Scream 2022 to me is the perfect ending to The Matrix Resurrections, Spider-Man No Way Home, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, there's, I mean, Star Wars It's Force one of Awakens. those things where you can't do this again that's without... Kinda, yes, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Like, they, they, they satirize and draw attention to the stuff that's happening in current culture. They use horror films as, as the sure. basis, obviously, because, like, a lot of horror films are doing this, too, with, like, the return of a lot of franchises, Halloween, Nightmare, like, all that kind of stuff is, like, coming back. Uh, and, like, they, they, they use the term requel. In Scream, which I had never heard until I saw Scream, but I guess that's a term in like horror movie culture is so like the you know the recent Halloween where it's just called Halloween again, mm-hmm. uh, you know I guess uh, I guess you have to Evil Dead, the you, Thing, you know all these like you horror do have films. to come up with these new terms, especially in yeah. horror movies when the reboots have also been rebooted. That's the thing, yeah. Well, and, yeah, and so like this this concept that is just pervasive in horror movies specifically, this idea of uh, doing a new version of this franchise, but just calling it Scream. Mm. Like, not Scream 5. Even though it is clearly Scream 5. <laughs> uh, and they call this out in the movie, you know? like they Because they do they use the Stab films, of sure. course. Uh, <laughs> they're like, yeah, this new Stab is just called Stab, when we know it's Stab 8, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had this... Con- I was like... I was like, why are they calling it Scream? Call it Scream 5. Like, I was mad about it. And then I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's part of the movie, okay. <laughs> it's all part of, like, them calling calling this out in horror movie culture. Um, but I do think, like, even uh, aside from horror films, like, ah, I do think... that's fun. Wes would like that, I yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. He would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's all this this kind of stuff that's just, like, recycling old, old nostalgia shit that you liked as a kid, because everyone who liked all this stuff in the late 80s, early 90s are adults now. And they're like, I'm sad, and the world's on fire. Give mm. me things that I like, please. I can't so really I fault get them for that. I, that's the thing. I get it. I just, I, I, I honestly feel like we should stop now. <laughs> and I think Scream's a good like. Yeah, we, we, we've, we've come to the conclusion of this era of filmmaking. Let's try and make some new shit. Well, the thing with like Walk Hard is like, it, <laughs> it, you still had a few. Well, and that's the thing. You still uh, if had a Bohemian few... Rhapsody comes out yeah. after Scream. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, uh, Gremlins. Let's say they make a, a mm. Gremlins requel, right? Where it's just like rehashing shit and like call, and like Gizmo appears at the end as a ghost or some shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like if they do that, I'm going to hate it because yeah. like we've, we've, we've ended that thing. Scream has ended it. Walk Hard ended it. So when you do Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't make this kind of movie anymore. Yeah, walk hard, satirize it to the point where it's not, it's not good to make it anymore. Yeah, because that's all I can think of when I watch it is just like Dewey Cox made fun of this. The wrong kid died. <laughs> wrong kid died. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Futurama. <laughs> big piece of garbage. Yeah, it's a big piece of garbage. <laughs> that's Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. Got See, em. you got to make a music biopic because, sure, keep mutant, keep making them. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, but mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta be clever about it. You gotta have a take. You gotta have a take. I feel like the the like life story of a musician is is the main thing that's overdone now. Yeah, like you can't do it. You just can't. You can Wanna, do like an era in a musician's life. You can that's, also that's do it in the do. way Rocket Man does it. 
Yeah. Which is incorporating the songs making into it a memory the story play. and making it a memory play and making it a full-on musical. Yeah. Not, Not a just movie with music, music in music it. performances, yeah. 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 It's like full-on choreographed and I don't, musical honestly, numbers. Honestly, I don't get... Like, if they made a Beatles um, uh, music biopic of mm. some kind and they used the concept of uh, the Get Back you know, uh, jam sessions in one scene where it's like they're all together and, jam- and then like he just comes up with come together out of nowhere. I would hate that. Yes, it would suck. <laughs> but it's amazing <laughs> when you when see you it actually see happening. It's great. Yes. But you know, like in Bohemian Rhapsody when it's like, I don't know, how about this? Stomp, stomp, clap, stomp, stomp, clap. And you're like, whoa, that's how they came up with that? I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't care how musicians came up with shit. They, they just do it. Sometimes it's very like, oh, like this is based on a tragedy in my life, or this is based on a positive thing in my life. Sometimes it's just noodling on the guitar and coming up with a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. I get how musicians make music. I don't need to see like um, how did uh, how, how did they make, come up with the idea for uh, the Eagles song uh, "Hotel California." I don't need to see an Eagles biopic where they're like at a hotel in California and they're like, wait, say that again. <laughs> yeah, they say so. <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's so fucking hacky and dumb. Yeah. And even if it's a true story, I don't give a shit. I don't want to see it. Here's a good one that came out. Yeah. It's Love and Mercy, um, the Brian Wilson right. biopic. Right. I haven't seen it. It separates it into two timelines the Pet Sounds recording sessions mm-hmm. and Brian Wilson circa 1985. When okay. he has like he's gone through his his several breakdowns and is like being abused by his caregiver, um, and meets finally meets a woman who like uh, helps him get out of that situation when he finds a a reason to live again and record the song Love and Mercy, mm. um, and it's very nice. Like you have John Cusack playing him in one in one timeline in the eighties, and you have Paul Dano playing him in the nineteen sixties, and all of the stuff in the sixties is so joyous right. and so like and, and and like so 60s and and mm-hmm. like and really fun and the thing is you get to see this recording process for the pet sounds records but you never have something as hacky as like as like wait good vibrations <laughs> could you say that again like the way they pick up when the the way they do good vibrations yeah. in that is is in a very like in a very fun way like because you got to do these these moments sometimes yeah right and like he's just like he's just like playing on the piano and he's like and then um mike love a character in the in the movie who they've had like serious tension with brian wilson and mike love he's like he's like no that's good that's good follow that and he's like and he's just like stands by the piano listening to him play it's like keep going keep going keep going and then like mike love is into it and then it cuts to the recording sessions and there's brian wilson talking to these cello players and he's like no we need it more staccato and he's like and and it goes on like that for like several minutes and mike love is in the is in the producing booth being like they've been doing it for hours brian they can't do it better than that yeah, I mean, I, and I will say, like the like the pro the if it's like a good montage process of creating a song, it can be done really well. Yeah, I actually even think in Bohemian Rhapsody, them coming up with Bohemian Rhapsody is a better part of that movie. Yeah, but you it's, have like it's that, those fun like moments of like seeing the analog tapes, yeah. seeing them all surrounding the microphones, and it's and montagey it's... enough that it doesn't fe- like it feels like oh, this is like this is a process. I yeah. get it. It's not like. I don't know. How about if we did this? Stomp, stomp, clap. Stomp, stomp. <laughs> like you know, like it just yeah. feels so 
just stupid. There's hacky ways Again, and there's even good if it's ways a real, to do it. Even if that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't want to see that in the movie. <laughs> like, I think cliches are your friend yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Archetypes are your friend when you're making a movie. Cliches are your friend. Yeah. And the trick is to have a take on these things mm-hmm. that makes them not feel what they are. Yeah. You know, you have to work around it. You, there's always got to be a workaround. And when something like Walk Hard or apparently Scream, satirizes <laughs> it in a way where it's like, well, we've been called out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if you've watched this movie, it's like, we've been called out. We can't do it this way anymore. Well, that's what the original Scream did, right? Yes. Like, it, it definitely, like, like br- brought to the forefront all these, like, horror cliches. And, and so, like, if you had a character in a horror film post-Scream, uh, like, drink... And go off into a basement alone and say, I'll be right back. You're like, well, that person's dead. You know, <laughs> like, you can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. Or um, you can't do it like that anymore. Yeah. You have to figure, you have to be more creative. Just be more Shocking. creative. And that's what's interesting. Yeah. And that's what makes things evolve and the f- our art form evolve. And, and you know, there's, there's, like you said, the cliches can still work. Just you need to be more creative with them. Should I cut this and put it on a tangent? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I never know anymore. Um, I was gonna say, <laughs> be like if uh, you know they're they're. It's like, oh man, Brian, do do you know do you know when we're gonna get this record done? And he's like, oh, God only knows. Wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> this is actually one of the things that I really like about that about that movie is that he just has it. Sure, like yeah, and that and makes sense too, the, right? The first time <laughs> the first time you hear God only knows is when he plays it for his dad mm. and the twist is his dad's like that was terrible <laughs> zero stars yeah basically that's how his dad reacts it's like zero stars you sound like you don't know what you want it's like i may not always love you but all of this as long as there are start you sound like an asshole brian <laughs> Boo. Yeah, his dad basically boos him from the couch while lighting his pipe. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting way to go about a reaction to one of the greatest pop songs ever made. Yeah. It'd be like if uh, they made a Bare Naked Ladies biopic and he was watching Love and Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, he's lying in bed a lot in this movie. Wait. Lying in bed, <laughs> just like Brian Wilson. <laughs> Drove downtown in the rain, nine thirty on a Tuesday night. Just a check out late night, ragged, feeling good on a Wednesday. <laughs> I am Lord, 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 Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. I don't know. Cut this. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how much we have to say about the actual episode. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got on that tangent. Well, we've been as talking we've, about the as episode. We really do. We've already been talking about the episode. We did a talk about bit. it a bit. Let's talk about the garbage. The big ball of garbage. We have, um, just as far as like, I know I'm taking some of your notable references, but it's so Armageddon. Oh, yeah. That's like, like the, you know, the big plot, the, big the main plot, the thing centerpiece is, is the idea of Armageddon. We need to send a crew. Uh, of mis- misfits to plant a bomb. Um, it's just them. Oh, I just love I love the the sly smile yeah. that the professor does, where it's like, where are we going to find a crew like that? And he just turns a, to his crew, crew like, ah. a, a crew crazy enough to take on such a suicidal task. Yeah. 
Huh? Ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too, because, like, <laughs> so in Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, they A movie g- I haven't seen. Is that true? Have we talked about this before? We have. I've yeah, said okay. this before. <laughs> we got to watch it. We got to watch it sometime. It's Maybe we'll wild. just, it's we won't do, we won't do the other disaster movies. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll just do Armageddon as a one-off. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think we should do commentary because again, like seeing a movie for the first time with right. commentary is not a good idea. Yeah, that's tough. I think we should do, we should watch it. Mm-hmm. We should like have some beers and watch it. Okay. Um, and then we can do a Cinepal's return on it or something. Okay. Yeah. And we could do, we could do a, you know what we could do? Mm. That might be fun. Here's how the sausage is made. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our start, onion volcano. Start to do some like uh, parallel thinking double features because mm-hmm. those happen so often. Yeah. And so it'd be you know do deep end back to Armageddon. Yeah. Watch both those movies and talk about both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we do volcano and Dante's Peak one day. Yeah. You know we do in cold blood and or, and or infamous in Capote. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah there, I mean, there's tons. There's a whole yeah. wiki, Wikipedia article that <laughs> points them all out. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit. We do uh, Fellowship of the Ring and Harry Potter. Mm. <laughs> They came out in the same year. Yeah, but I just want to do <laughs> Lord of the Rings. God damn it! Have we not done Lord of the Rings? We haven't. That seems weird. We've never actually talked about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's really good too. This is why I think we should talk about it. Um, they're like but... my favorite movies. Have I said this on the pod? I don't think you ever have. No? <laughs> I think they're great. <laughs> but much like in Armageddon, I mean, okay, so in Armageddon, there's the, the you know, the postmodern uh, realization years later where they're like, oh, like, wouldn't it make more sense to train astronauts to, to dig oil than it is yeah. to train oil diggers to become astronauts? Yeah. That you don't think about, or at least I don't think anyone talked about in 1998 when we watched the movie, you know, as a culture. Sure. Um but uh, in this one, it's because it's in the future and because we've seen the amount of technology they have, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, just send robots. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But they have a, la, one robot. a la yeah. don't look up, if you do that, mm. it's going to fail. See, I didn't know they do that. They do that up. and don't look they up. They put robots up there? Yeah. Drones. Drones, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you could just put robots up there. But, that's, but yeah, robots don't have look rights. up takes place in 2021 yes. or whatever. Yes. This takes place in the year 3000. Yes. So the robots Our technology is much better. I allegedly could, <laughs> in fact, just fly up there, blow Drop it up, the bomb. Yeah. and then fly back. Yeah, it is weird that the Planet <laughs> Express crew has to do it. Yeah, uh, but again, story, story. You need you need a story. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> I do. I, I also really like the he puts the clock on upside down. Yes, that's bit. really funny. Where it's like, all right, we have twenty five minutes. Fifteen. Fifteen minutes. Uh, <laughs> four minutes. Yeah. H, I can't remember what it is, but it's like, <laughs> and they turn it upside down and they realize. It's a fun digital clock bit. Yeah. We need more digital clock bits in, <laughs> in our comedy. <laughs> Spell out hell and boobs more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boobs. When you got your your calculators in class, yeah. and, and you, did you ever do the joke where you, you get boobless? Of course. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Constantly. 
I, had, I think I could still do it. I think I have it memorized. I remember when we got TI-83s, and I was like, oh, we don't even need to do the joke anymore. We can just write dirty words on our on our calculators and pass them to each other. This is amazing. Let's see if I Are you trying to do it <laughs> right now? This is what you're trying to do in our podcast? <laughs> A visual joke? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? Uh, <laughs> I'm just seeing if You're just chuckling to yourself the whole time? Damn it, I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I got boob latee. <laughs> Okay, okay, you had your chance. You had your chance. That's enough. Uh fuck, how old is the how old is the girl? Do you know this uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. I know that there's a there's a there's whole like a thing, thing you do, but I don't know it anymore. Is she 16 maybe? <laughs> Good god. <laughs> So close. You're killing me, man. Cut all this. No, I'm not cutting this. This is so stupid. <laughs> Seven. Okay, let's try 17. Ready? Uh, <laughs> I am cutting this. What time is it? 1.20. Great. We should wrap up soon anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to figure it out. Uh, Great. It starts with totally an Totally worth it. No, I want to tell you that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, tell me it. Starts with an age, which I can't figure out. Fifteen? Uh, Let's try fifteen. A fifteen-year-old girl <laughs> walks into the doctor's office. Uh huh. <laughs> she has an eighty-four bra size, but she asks for a forty-five. None of this makes sense, by the way. Uh, I was a child; I didn't understand how bras worked. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> doctor says, "Oh, take these pills two times daily," but she took them four. Now she's. Boob league. (laughs) 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 I'm just missing whatever the age is of the young woman in this very factual story. (laughs) Because everything else works out. (laughs) Boob league. Boob league. Oh my god! Because it's sixty three thousand three hundred seventy eight. Sorry, sixty three million three hundred seventy eight thousand. This is the most mess that we've been in a really long time, man. We got to pull up from this tailspin, okay? Uh, well, I'm glad we went on that journey. Too. Yeah, that was fun. Anything else you want to say about this? Digital episode? clock jokes is basically is funny. It is funny. And they need more of those. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to say? <laughs> I love Wernstrom. Oh, yeah. Wernstrom is fun. Wernstrom is great. Yeah. He comes back a bunch, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's the professor's rival. So basically, I think Mars University might be the next one he's okay. in. Um, but uh, I actually don't know how how recurring he is. He might only be in like two or three episodes, really. But he's just he, because every time he shows up, the professor goes Wernstrom, right? And so that's really funny to me. The very same. Like I kind of wish I don't actually wish this, but like part of me wishes I had a rival in my life that I could say their name angrily every time I see them. Like but a Newman. Like hmm? if you had a Newman. Yeah, like Newman 
or Warnstrom mm-hmm. or the Joker. Joker. Right, he does that. <laughs> yes, he does. Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, bats. <laughs> it's me. You're um, lying, Joker. There's nothing wrong with you. There's many things wrong with me. Good of you to say, but I think we both know there's plenty wrong with me. <laughs> Just been playing is- Arkham Knight again. <laughs> this is like my fifth time through it. Arkham Knight? Yeah. Not the other ones? I mean, I've played Arkham City like five times as well, mm. and Arkham Asylum five times as well. So this is the one that I had four times through. So I'd like so you to gotta, you gotta yeah. ma- match the yeah. other ones. Yeah. Also, I think it's, I think it's just the best one because of the amount of stuff to do, in it. Yeah. Um, I think City's the best, but yeah, it's hard to beat City. But I really like Night. It's not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not in the camp that says the Batmobile portions suck. I actually like the Batmobile portions. Yeah, I got really good at them. Although so I will I'm say, like I, I, I will say, I like the puzzle Batmobile stuff more than the combat. Is, but that's just me sure, in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like most of the time, I'm like puzzles, yay, combat, boo. Right. So that's, but I, but I don't think like I, you know, there's just a lot of people who are like, oh, Batmobile segments ruin the game, and I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, but they're pretty seamless yeah. as like far as like integrating them, and but it does take a while to. It's a learning curve. Yeah, but the game doesn't give you much time to do that. Beep. <laughs> Any hoot. Um, Favorite tech? Mm. Oh, it's the the death clock. <laughs> you like the death clock? Most? <laughs> I love the death clock. Um, since uh, yeah, you you choose the death clock. I'll choose the reverse scuba suit. Nice. I like that one. That's a good one. Cinnamon. Yep. Is the name of his little fish? Yeah, it's really cute. I like that the fish picks up a stick. <laughs> he fetches it. Yeah, and uh, not great with the sitting on command. No, he has then, to beat him. Then Warnstrom is not a very good teacher. No. Negative uh, stimuli is never good for training. Yeah. Positive stimuli is much more effective. Yeah. Shocking. Weird. Uh, <laughs> well, favorite joke? Uh, my favorite joke is Warnstrom's demands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or specifically the the end of the joke where it's like, Oh, I've got everything I need, suckers. And it's like, do something. I would, but he's got tenure. <laughs> it's a perfect end to that. Now, what's your plan? Story. What plan? I'm set for life. <laughs> I need a lab with five grad students, at least three of which are Asian. Chinese, uh, Chinese, right. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Okay, done. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, they're he's there with him. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All five of them are there. It's so funny. Uh Mayor Poopenmeyer. Good good first episode for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he's very funny. Um We didn't really do the why of fry because this doesn't really have a big fry element. Yeah, his like well I mean, I don't really cherish anything from if I'm him and I'm on that garbage thing, I'm like, yeah, blow it up. Right? <laughs> I don't go around reminiscing. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, that's true. And I guess he does have the, you know, the the solution as it were. Yeah. Uh for the end where it's like, let me show you how to how to throw things out or be a pig. How to litter 20, 20th yeah. century style. And yeah. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And it's uh, it's a fun little I think little montage too 
where it's just like, you know, people just throwing stuff on the, on the floor. Recycling comes back in this episode. It's true, yeah. Our long history with <laughs> bashing recycling. <laughs> yeah, it turns out recycling doesn't save the world in this case. Yep. Checkmate. Check and <laughs> mate. Um, I, I also just, yeah, I, I like the, like, see this thing? Garbage. Picture of your wife? Total garbage. Total garbage. <laughs> and then he's like, you try it. And he like picks up the pencil and he's like, hmm? He's like, mm-hmm. He yeah. drops it. <laughs> My I don't know. God. It's like, it's really goofy, but it's it's really funny. Yeah. The montage is fun of everyone lettering. Yes. I like how they just like put the newspapers, just shoot them out the window into the street. <laughs> Um, notable references. We talked about Armageddon. Uh, Rudy Giuliani makes a little yeah. cameo because he was the mayor of New York at the time. What? I know. No one knew him then. No. I mean, the city of New York probably did, but. You like, know, he could have just gone away and been a hero for the whole 9 11 thing. I know. Now he's he being did subpoenaed. Nothing. He just happened to be the mayor when 9 11 yeah. happened, so everyone viewed him as a hero. Yeah. Um, and he could have lived. Yeah, he could have he could have maintained that, but instead he was like, "I'm going to be a lawyer now. I'm going to defend Republicans like Trump." And And now he's under subpoena. Now he's under subpoena, and he uh, melts his his hair melts. That's very funny. (laughs) It's really funny. I still think Four Seasons Total Landscaping is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in the history of the world. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, and then them trying to play it off as like, no, we always planned it to be at this uh, random uh, landscaping company. <laughs> they set up the little podium. It's so funny. <laughs> they put the, all of the, like, <laughs> the posters on the garage door. Like I can just picture him They're like under the hot calling, sun. going in the phone book yeah. because I guarantee you he used a phone book. <laughs> seeing four seasons and then like underneath it says total landscaping and he's like there we go that's what i want that hotel calls them and they're like yes four seasons total landscaping yeah this is the four seasons uh yeah four seasons total landscaping what can i do for you yeah uh hello four seasons uh i'd like to schedule a press conference for uh for president trump and they're like okay And then I guarantee you the day of when they realized what they did, they called the actual Four Seasons Hotel and we're like, uh, we need it we need it today. <laughs> Can we do it today? And they're like, absolutely not. We need much more advanced to prep a press conference. So they just went with it. It's so funny. Four seasons is a good name for a landscaping place. Yeah, smart. We work all year round. Yep. All four seasons. There's not, something different we can do. Not, in as, all not as good a name for a hotel chain, if you ask me. Yeah. What about a what about like a vocal group? Uh yeah, I mean that's fine. It's okay. If it was like a like a, a chef company, oh that's good for seasonings. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. You only use four. Yeah, parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Well done. <laughs> uh, I have no punch. We- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We have uh, the Simpsons referenced. Yep, Bart Simpson. Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. And Nancy Cartwright doing Homer. the voice. Wonder how they got her. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Strangelove. But he also references Homer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I use Simpsons as a when he catch-all. Says, mm, yeah, shorts. Mm, shorts. Um, and then Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove with the with the closing credits. Uh, yeah. We'll meet again. Not really. That's a weird reference. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like apocalyptic shit, right? I find it a little out of place because <laughs> yeah? it's yeah, it's not like because it, it's not like the you were laying seeds yeah. of that. It's it's a bit of a like I think it's a little bit of a long walk to get. It to is, that reference. and it's it feels more like just like a little Easter egg more than like yeah. an actual. You know what I mean? Like I'm guessing they were just like let's do this this a la Doctor Strange Love, but not because the episode prior necessarily has too many <laughs> references to what that movie was you know or even one yeah well i mean like the 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 atom bomb distro- you know like there there's it's again very long walk yeah but i can see the parallels between the atom bomb and the big ball of garbage hitting new york yeah that's it's, about it it's, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's yeah. as close as it gets it's roundabout yeah it takes very the scenic so. route to get there yeah um that then again i i love that tune i think it's yeah it's good i think it's great so we will meet again yep some, Some sunny, sunny day. day. And Greg? Remember that tune in the wall? Does anybody here oh. remember Violin? <laughs> yes. I love that I song. thought you meant that, like, the song will meet again played in the wall. And I was like, what? It there's It's heavily referenced. It's referenced, yes. yes. Um, well, Greg, you and I shall meet again. Mm-hmm. Some sunny day. Yeah, probably. To um, record another podcast. Probably later this week. Yeah. Maybe next. Maybe next week. Yep. We're banking these, baby. So uh, it also means sometimes we've been talking a lot in one day. Yeah. And we so get if a our goofy. energy drops or if we start ranting about musical biopics for an hour, our apologies. Our apologies. <laughs> it's also because we're guestless, you know. Yeah. That, that happens. We get a lot. To, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. We got to um, get more guests in next week. Yeah. Why not? Hopefully. Let's do it. Let's try and schedule something. Yeah. You'll take care of that. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like you're off right now and I'm deep in school, but what? You know. Huh? <laughs> Fine, I'll try. All right. Um, that's it. That's it. We thank you for listening, everybody. You can find us on the socials at Bad Neighbors Pod. You can email us at the Hammock District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we're probably around this time. Our commentary for Josie and the Pussycats is coming out. Yep. Either right now or very soon. Yes. Uh, so that'll be fun because that's a good movie. Yeah. I hope I can get a guest for that one. Mm. That would be fun because maybe I'll try to get my sister on that one. That'd be fun. Because like, that was a really important movie for both of us. Mm. Interesting. So putting the, putting the feelers putting the out feelers there. Putting the feelers out. Yeah. We'll see. Well, Carly, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we know you are. Yeah. Because you listen to every episode. Every episode. All the way to the end. All the way to the end. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely don't turn it off once we start ranting about musical biopics. Yep. Um, But yeah, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, Boathouse Studios, and you can get all our bonus content. Um, That's about it. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for... What is our next one? Uh, Ooh, Hell is Other Robots. Nice. Robot Devil, baby. Robot Devil. One of my favorite characters. So, as always, with With my my last breath, breath, I curse Zoidberg. Zoidberg!